What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 9. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I had a great one. Um, I went down to a friend's house. We hung out, ha- uh, played some games, played some board games. Didn't watch football, unfortunately. Um, the people I was hanging out with aren't real football fans, or they're not big football fans. Um, so I kind of had to watch on my phone while trying to be a part of the group, you know what I'm saying? Um, I did catch the Dallas game, and then I came home, and I was able to watch uh, the Lions and the uh, Bills game. And we'll get we'll get all into those in a little while. Um, I wanted to let you guys know that last week I went eight and five on my picks for the week. I had the Patriots winning over the Falcons. I had the Dolphins winning over the Jets. Um, I had the Browns and the 49ers winning along with the uh, the Vikings, um, Arizona, and I had the Chargers and I also had the Buccaneers. Um, and we're gonna break down a couple of those games today. Um, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you guys were able to see the ones that you loved or were able to at least hang out with people that you enjoy spending time with. Um, I know I did. I had a great time. Um, and, you know, it's my my wife and I's first Thanksgiving away from home. Um, so it was definitely something new for us, but uh, we didn't, you know, fall out and, you know, have like a sad Thanksgiving or anything like that. And we've, uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. So I hope you guys did the same, whether, like I said, whether it was with friends or with family, whoever it was with, even if it was people that you don't even really know that well, but you got invited over to their house, or maybe they came over to your house or something. Whatever you did, I hope it was a good time. Uh, Thanksgiving is a personal favorite holiday of mine. I would say it's probably number two right behind uh, Halloween for me. I think Halloween's a really fun holiday, um, and I get excited for that one every year. But Thanksgiving is a good one just because it's food, uh, football, and most of the time family, depending on the situation, or just people that you enjoy being around. That's usually the 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 mark that most people try to go for and um you know if you can't get the family part if you can't get the food part you know most of the time you can get the football part um and it's always a good time on thanksgiving i mean the football games on thanksgiving really seem to to never disappoint even with uh you know when you have teams like the lions and the bears playing who are not great at all um and there's no secret to that but you know their their game came down to the wire and we'll talk about that um, but right now we're going to go all the way back to last Thursday um, with the Patriots versus the Falcons. Um, the Patriots have showed that they're able to basically choke the life out of any opponent um, against Atlanta. Atlanta's not a superstar caliber team. You know, they're not, you know, upsetting teams left and right. But the way the Patriots were able to just dismantle the Atlanta football team and to, you know, slow them down, to give Matt Ryan nothing to give Kyle Pitts nothing, um, and to really just slowly move down the field on the defense and the New England defense as well. They were just able to take over the game. Uh, Mac Jones and the offense, you know, they, they did their thing. They slowly moved the ball down the field and they put it in the end zone or they had a field goal to go or field goal to finish off the drive. Whatever it was, they do it. They seem to always just slowly make their way down the field and just take a bunch of time off the clock and score right away. It's, I don't know how they do it, but they do. Um, uh, you know, the, the defense for New England was fantastic. They held the Falcons to zero points all game, and the defense themselves scored 26 fantasy points um, with four interceptions uh, against Atlanta. Um, and th- they had an interception on all three of Atlanta's quarterbacks, um, that being Matt Ryan, that being Josh Rosen, and then that being uh, Franks as well. 
and all four of those interceptions came from different players on the uh, Patriots defense and they had scored on a couple of them too so you know the you really got a sense of reassurance from the Patriots defense um as to how well they could do um given the opportunities and uh, they really like I said shut down an offense on Atlanta that when you give them the chance can get hot pretty fast um and the only the big loss for Atlanta this game was uh, Cordeller Patterson. He or Cordell Patterson or Cordeller Patterson. I've heard some different ways of saying his name, um, but either way, Patterson left with an uh, an ankle injury, um, and we're not really sure as to how well he's gonna do with that, and if he's gonna come back this week or you know maybe it's gonna take another week off. But either way, I, I don't think they're gonna rush him back too fast because it's not like you know they're betting on him to come back in to make a deep playoff run. Atlanta's pretty much out. Um, of the playoff contention I know that they're they're still in it but I really don't see them making it um, making it at all with the you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably going to be the division winners and then Saints going to be right behind them probably in the wild card um, unless the Panthers do something about that but that's not here though with this win and the Bills lost to the Colts this past week um, how much does the this game really affect the rest of the AFC um, I think it affects the AFC a ton um, I think the Patriots have really started to show who they are as a team and how they can beat you in quite a few different ways honestly whether it's with the run game or just the short throw passing game that you know has been just trademarked by Bill Belichick and the Patriots offense or if you know if it's a low scoring game and they the defense has to hold you they can do that um the front seven for the Patriots uh, headlined by Matt Judon um is just something to not be not be messed with they Matt Judon I believe has 10 and a half sacks now on the season and he's just a phenomenal player he's a great pickup for the Patriots um you never really saw the Patriots paying a lot of money for players to stick around like you didn't like not not to stick around but to show up at all like the Patriots were always about winning and not about money um, but this was one of the signings for the Patriots where they did, you know, spend a little bit of money in free agency to get Matt Judon, and uh, it's paid off a lot. He's been a defensive player of the year candidate by far. Um, I don't think he'll get it because he's not the the flashy guy. You know, he's just play, he plays and does his thing. He's pretty quiet. Um, but when he plays, you know, the guy with the red sleeves. That's what that's what the nickname is. You got to watch out for him because he'll take you apart. Um, these coming weeks, we'll truly see um, how good these Patriots are, and I'm not downplaying um, their success. You know, they've done phenomenal. They've been able to pull off seven wins when, honestly, earlier in the season, I didn't really expect them to do much at all. I had that week one uh, game against the Dolphins, and I picked the Dolphins, and I was right on that one. Um, but they've really turned it around and, um, you know, kind of blossomed into what could be a playoff cal- caliber team. I'd really be surprised if they didn't make it at all. Um, but you know, the likelihood of them not making it is very low. Um, and if they don't win the division, I'd be I'd be very surprised because um, with the Bills struggling recently and the Patriots doing so well, you know the, this team is tu- is turning it on at the right time. Um, but like I said, we're gonna see how truly good they are in this next four game stretch, um, playing Tennessee, uh, Indianapolis, and Buffalo twice. Uh, Tennessee, they've been having their struggles lately, especially after the loss of Derrick Henry. I know it's been a couple weeks, but you know I think the Titans are really starting to feel it now, um, especially with the loss to the to the Texans recently. And we'll see just how good the uh, the Titans can you know measure themselves against a team like the Patriots, who are I would say the measuring stick. You know, if you can beat the Patriots, you can probably beat anybody. Um, that, that's how I see it right now. Um, and they're playing a team also in, uh, in Indianapolis, uh, playing the Colts who have just been ripping everybody apart lately. You know, the Colts just took the bills 
who two weeks or I mean last week and they took a team that of the Bills who you know had had a couple bad losses but they're still a high caliber team and absolutely dismantle them um, and we'll get on that in a little while but the Colts are not to be messed with so we're gonna see how that clash against uh, Indianapolis goes that's gonna be a fun one and like I said they paid Buffalo twice and Buffalo's had some bad losses but Buffalo is a good team you just look at that that roster and they they are a good team and they just lost uh Tredavious White um so that sucks um with a ACL tear but you know the Bills are still the Bills the offense is phenomenal the defense can shut you down like and not even worry about it um and you won't come back in the game against that defense but back to the Patriots five of their seven losses or seven wins my apologies their seven wins are against losing teams however um, the other two wins are against uh, wild card caliber teams, um, being the Chargers and the Browns, who have had their struggles this year as well. But the Patriots were able to pull off those wins when not a ton of people expected them to. So the Patriots have definitely been popping off these past couple weeks. But we're gonna see how they, uh, how far they can go in this next four game stretch when they have Tennessee, who's undefeated against um, opponents who were playoff contenders last year um, like I said Indianapolis who's just been rolling recently and the Bills who are an AFC powerhouse so we'll see and I hope that it works out because I know this Patriots team is fun to watch uh, the next game I'm going to touch on is the Panthers and the Washington football team uh, Washington beat the Panthers I lost this game I picked the Panthers to win and I was wrong Washington's win was overshadowed by Cam Newton's return to starter for the Panthers at uh, starting quarterback, um, which is a shame because everyone is worried about Cam Newton being the starter coming back to the NFL when Taylor Heineke has pulled off two wins in a row against teams like Tampa Bay and uh, North and, and Carolina, uh, the Carolina Panthers, which... I don't think a ton of people expected them to beat Tampa Bay, the reigning Super Bowl champions, or to beat Carolina, who has the top-rated defense in the NFL statistically. And, you know, they had the return of Cam Newton, but everybody was like, oh, Cam Newton has two touchdowns. You know, Cam Newton's back. You know, he ran it in for a touchdown. But Washington took right over. Like, th- those two touchdowns that they scored, they didn't score another one until the fourth quarter. Uh, the Carolina, they didn't score another one until the fourth quarter, and Washington just, Washington just continued to roll. And I just thought it was unfair because Washington was playing so well, but everybody, every news outlet that you saw that was football-related was just posting Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, even though they're losing at the time. You know, you saw the Cam Newton rushing touchdown probably four times before you saw anything about the score to the game. I thought it was really unfair to Washington. And Taylor Heineke has been playing phenomenal football lately. Uh, to go back two weeks ago against Tampa Bay, Heineke led an unbelievable last drive against Tampa Bay to ice the game. And uh, despite all the hype and attention towards Carolina, um, Washington didn't falter at all. And Heineke took over and uh, pulled off the 27-21 to win against Carolina. This is This is the type of football that you wanted Heineke to play and it took him a couple weeks to get there but he finally got there um and he's been playing some phenomenal football lately and I just I can't I was very disappointed with uh with how Heineke was Heineke and Washington was treated um in this game on social media with Cam Newton being returned and everybody's freaking out about that but they lost and it was just it was very very unfortunate for Washington but they did get the win at the end of the day and I think that's all they're going to care about when they're headed home uh, the next game I'm going to touch on is the Bills and the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor absolutely exploded for 189 yards um, and five touchdowns to destroy Buffalo, uh, 41 to 17. 
the Colts have won five of their last six, and they have good challenges coming up against uh, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, New England, like I said earlier, and they're also playing Tampa Bay this coming week. Um, and I'm just I'm very excited to see what the Colts do because it just seems like this team really doesn't give a shit what happens. Um, they're gonna run at you. They're gonna pass on you a little bit. They they don't really care what happens next. They're gonna say, hey, we got the number one rusher in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor, and we're just gonna see what happens. You know, we're gonna give it to him 25 times, and we're gonna see if he can get us three or four touchdowns. And it's fantastic for my fantasy team because I have Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I think anybody who has Jonathan Taylor is you know they're feeling really good right now. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a 50-point fantasy um, performance last week, which was absolutely phenomenal, um, and he just took over this game against the Bills, and it was one of the special performances in, in, that I've ever seen. Um, the Bills are in a tough spot right now, and they needed to win now, just like, and they did against the Saints, which we'll touch on. Um, but just like the Patriots, we'll figure out how good the, tr- uh, the Bills truly are um, when they're going to be playing Tampa, uh, Carolina, and New England twice in the next four weeks. Um, and we'll really figure out if uh, the Bills are, are all that, which I think they are. But um, they've definitely had their woes the past couple of weeks. And um, I, think it's, I think it's time for them to, to really show off how good they can be. I think they play too fast as well. I think they need to slow themselves down and not get faltered by the other team and like the speed that they're throwing at you or the pressure that they're throwing at you, and they just need to play their type of football. Um, the next game I'm going to touch on is the Vikings over the Packers. I got this one right. I was called crazy for choosing the Vikings, but I thought, you know what, this game is in Minnesota. It's always a good one, and I got a feeling about the Vikings, and I chose them, and I went with it, and... I didn't pay for it. I didn't play Justin Jefferson um, in this game. I didn't play Kirk Cousins uh, in fantasy, but I did have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, so that was great because he had a 33-point game um, with four touchdowns. But um, the Vikings pulled off the upset against the Packers in a very Vikings-style, uh, quote-unquote, um, that being a last-second field goal to put the Vikings ahead 33, or uh, sorry, 34 to 31. Um, it always seems like the Vikings find themselves in their, these situations. You know, they were in overtime week one against Cincinnati. They were uh, they lost by a field goal against Arizona um, after their kicker had missed one. Um, and it's just, it always seems like the Vikings, it always comes down to a last second field goal. And it's whether they're going to miss it or they're going to get it. You know, that's how it's going to be. Um, and more times than not, unfortunately, it seems like they always miss that. Um, but Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Kirk Cousins were all over the Packers secondary, which held Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes in their past couple games uh, to relatively scoring games. The Packers secondary has been phenomenal lately, um, but in this game, uh, especially with an offense like the Vikings, which is very star-studded, um, I think it was probably pretty difficult to hold these guys down. Uh, Justin Jefferson had 189 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Um, the Packers, however, didn't go down quietly at all. Um, the effort by Aaron Rodgers throwing four touchdowns on the last four possessions of the game for the Packers, um, it, w- it was a very honorable performance. Um, and the Packers came back from a two-score deficit to tie it in eight late in the game, but unfortunately the defense couldn't hold the Vikings down. Um, and it was a it was a must-win situ- uh, sorry scenario uh, for the Vikings because I think if they had if they had lost this game, they might have been out of the wild card race. Um, just because that's how tight the wild card race is for the NFC. There's still a lot of football left to be played, but if they had lost this one, it would have been it would have been a hard hard uh, comeback season for them. 
the next game that I'm going to talk about is the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I got this one wrong. Um, I had the Cowboys. I was feeling good about Dak Prescott versus the Chiefs secondary. Um, and that just did, that wasn't the case at all. Um, the game of the week, America's game of the week, um, as there's always one game and it was this game, the Chiefs and the Cowboys, uh, it was slightly disappointing. Um, I thought it was fun, but you know, you were expecting more fireworks, um, out of this game. Uh, Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, the defensive tackle, he was all over Dak Prescott in this game, especially in the second half, recording three and a half sacks in one game, which is awesome. That's a great stat line for him. Um, in a game with two of the most or two of the most high-powered offenses and possibly the best passers in the NFL, there were no passing touchdowns in this game. Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott um, both had pretty rough days. I would say Patrick Mahomes probably had the better day um, because his his offense was relatively healthy for the most part. Uh, Dak Prescott and the Dallas offense did um, did suffer from uh, Amari Cooper being out of this game to start with uh, some COVID protocols going on um, in his whole debacle. And then um, um, uh, C.D. Lamb, right before the half, uh, he there was a deep throw to C.D. Lamb from Dak Prescott, and he came down hard and bounced his head off the turf. Um, and he went into the concussion protocol, and he also was ruled out for the Thanksgiving game against the Raiders, um, which was unfortunate for Dallas, but that's just the way it goes. You know, sometimes you're not always at 100%. And if you are not at 100%, you got to win these games. Uh, you got to show some resiliency. And the, the Cowboy offense did show resiliency towards the second half, and they had gotten some some offense going, but it just wasn't enough. Um, Kansas City looked really good on defense all around, um, which was a trend um, before they had played the Cowboys. They had a couple games where they were playing, I thought, inferior opponents, um, especially the game against the Raiders. I didn't think that was a great defensive showing but um it did show that the Chiefs defense was improving um so this game for them on defense against Dallas which is was the number one rated offense in the NFL um you know it was important for them to really show that we're back um on defense we can do this and we are we're a defense that that um, is to be reckoned with which earlier in the season they were not they were horribly horrible in the second uh the secondary and the the safeties and the cornerbacks could not stop anybody, and they seemed to struggle to get any pressures on um, any of the opposing quarterbacks. Um, but the defense stepped up to the plate and delivered, not allowing a single touchdown from Dallas. Um, Kansas City is is back. Um, I don't think they were ever really gone, personally. I just think that they were having some struggles, um, and I didn't think that they were ever going to, you know, leave permanently. And you know, Patrick Mahomes got figured out, and all these crazy things that these people were saying, saying that Patrick Mahomes had got figured out and that he was never going to be as good as he was. A bunch of bullshit in my eyes. <laughs> um, and uh, I can't wait to see what the Chiefs do next. They're leading the division, I believe, now, or I think they're tied with the Chargers right now. Um, that division in the AFC West is so close right now. Um, and we'll get into even more how close it is um, after the Raiders game that we're going to talk about later on uh, that happened on Thanksgiving against Dallas. <laughs> Um, the next game I'm going to talk about was Sunday Night Football. It was the Chargers against the Steelers. Um, this game, was it looked like in the beginning that it was going to be a very boring you know, snooze fest. There wasn't going to be a lot to watch. Um, and it looked like the Chargers were just going to roll over the Steelers. Um, and that was the case for the first three quarters. Um, the Steelers got down bad against the Chargers and couldn't stop Justin Herbert or Austin Eckler at all. 
Um, Justin Herbert threw for 382 yards and three touchdowns, and Austin Eckler had scored four total touchdowns. Um, these guys are absolute monsters in fantasy football. If you can somehow get your hands on one of them, please do. Um, cause these guys, you know, they always seem to carry somebody's team, especially Austin Eckler. I always look down on this guy and I'm like, I don't think he's going to do as well as he does as he did last year when I'm drafting in my fantasy leagues. And then, you know, I look and the man's got four touchdowns in five games, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, however, Pittsburgh wasn't going to go down, or they weren't going to let the Chargers get away very easily. Um, heading into the fourth quarter, the Steelers were down 27-10, to and the Steelers came back and scored 27 points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, but unfortunately for the Steelers, they couldn't stop the Chargers from scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter themselves. Um, the Steelers put up a great fight against the Chargers, uh, especially when it mattered most, um, and this game ended 41-37. to uh, the Steelers' special team stepped up big to rally the troops for the comeback. The Steelers had they've had a buzzsaw of a season left, um, and they've had a buzzsaw of a season, honestly, to start. But the le- what they've got left in the season is not kind to them at all. Um, they've got to play Baltimore twice. They've got to play Cincinnati. They've got to play the Titans. They've got to play Kansas City. They've got to play Cleveland, and they've got to play Minnesota. Um, almost all of them are playoff teams, um, either last, from last year or they're most likely going to be playoff teams this year. And yeah, it's not looking good for the Steelers at all. And nobody better be calling for Mike Tomlin's job at all. I swear. I, every time the Steelers get down bad, it's either they're calling for Big Ben's uh, head or they're calling for Mike Tomlin's head. And nobody should be calling for Mike Tomlin's head because that man has never had a losing season and he's had some shitty Steelers teams, especially two years ago with Mason Rudolph um, as a starting quarterback for most of it. And they still had a 9-7 and seven record. So I don't want to hear nothing about Mike Tomlin. <laughs> uh, Monday night football, the Buccaneers over the Giants. Um, I won. I got this one right. I had the Buccaneers in this game, and the Buccaneers did their thing against a Giants team that just seems to struggle no matter who comes back from injury. Uh, Daniel Jones had an awful interception to a Buccaneers defensive tackle um, and only had one touchdown um, for the Giants, and that came by from a lineman. They had a lineman line up as a tight end, Andrew Thomas, um, and he rolled out uh, right. He had just had like a three-yard out, and Daniel Jones had to throw it to a lineman to get a touchdown for the Giants in this one. The Giants just cannot get anything going for themselves this year. Um, I expect the Giants to move on from Daniel Jones and Joe Judge next season and just start anew. They've already fired Jason Garrett um, as offensive coordinator. They've already got rid of him. And I know some people see, you know, um, these pe- these players come back from injury and Jason Garrett uh, get fired and maybe think, oh, you know, maybe the, the Giants are going to keep Joe Judge around and he'll get one more chance. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think Joe Judge is going to be fired after the Giants don't make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to let Daniel Jones go rather than re-signing him. I don't think he's worth that much money. Um, and I don't think that uh, Joe Judge is going to hold on to his job at all. And I think the Giants have a young enough core, especially with Kadarius Toney um, being their, their rookie star, really, um, and not really using his potential. But I think if you get a new coach in there and you start to get you know a, a new quarterback, a new rookie quarterback, and kind of let Tony and what whoever that new quarterback may be um, let them grow together. I think you could have a good uh, good duo going on there. But I'm not a gen- I'm not a general manager of a football team, so that's there's a, there's a reason for that. 
Uh, my overall record for this season is 102 and 60, um, which means I've got 100 game or 102 games correct and 60 wrong. Um, for those of you who you know didn't follow what I said, but um, I'm just gonna recap Thursday night's game, uh, all of them uh, on Thanksgiving, and then we'll hop into Sunday's games for my picks, and then we'll hop into the power rankings, and we'll head on out of here right after this. <laughs> And welcome back. So we're going to hop right in with the Lions and the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Lions started out quick in this game. They had a great drive to begin the game that ended in a touchdown. Jared Goff looked pretty good, and then it, he just kind of slowed down after that. Um, Jared Goff overall in the game threw 25 passes and completed 21 of them. His uh, rating was exceptional. He had 171 yards passing, which is not a lot, um, but he did have two passing touchdowns. Uh, early in the game, though, uh, the Lions did lose DeAndre Swift, which is very sad for them because DeAndre Swift is one of their young, very talented players, um, and he was out for the game, which was, looked like a really gruesome shoulder injury, so I'm not really sure um, what that's going to constitute for him moving forward. I hope it's not a long-term thing because that would be a real loss of talent for the NFL and be very unfortunate. Um TJ Hawkinson and Josh Reynolds both had receiving touchdowns, which is fantastic for them. And like I said, the the Lions were leading this game for most of the for most of the game. Um, it was tied, I believe, was it seven to ten at one point, and then or no, sorry, uh, fourteen to seven. It wasn't tied, and then later on, uh, the Bears kicked a field goal to make it thirteen to fourteen, and they were Bears were able to get a last second drive um, to get the, themselves into field goal range and get the game winning kick to win the game 16 to 14. Um, I had the the Lions in this one. It was very, uh, very disappointing. I was sitting, I was really rooting for the Lions in this one because uh, I like the Bears, but I think Matt Nagy's got to go. Um, and yeah, I was just, I was really rooting for the Lions in this one because I love Dan Campbell. I love the energy he brings to the team and I love the, the positive attitude that he brings to the team, no matter what they, no matter what happens to them. He, he absolutely, you know, he loves being an NFL coach and he loves coaching the Lions, um, which I really enjoy, um, watching the Lions for because every time they show Dan Campbell, the guy's losing his fucking mind and I love it. Uh, Andy Dalton for the Bears, uh, the quarterback for the Bears. He had to step in for uh, Justin Fields after Fields went down in their last game with a hip injury. Uh, Andy Dalton threw 39 times, and he competed, completed 24 of his passes. He threw for 317 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, that touchdown was to Darnell Moon, or sorry, to uh, Jimmy Graham. Uh, Darnell Mooney had a fantastic day. He had 123 yards on five receptions. Darnell Mooney has really emerged and put himself into the the number one spot for the Bears. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. And when Allen Robinson went down, who was their one like number one wide receiver, and Darnell Mooney was the number two, uh, he stepped right up and he's been doing fantastic ever since. So unfortunately for Allen Robinson, um, the Bears are starting to move a little little bit away. From from him but it's also probably not a bad thing because I think Allen Robinson would do better elsewhere anyway but um, nonetheless the Bears were able to pull off the win on Thanksgiving Day and Matt Daggy lives on one more day um, as the the Bears head coach I don't think he should be there anymore I think they need a change of culture and I think that starts with firing Matt Nagy but unfortunately um, people take that kind of uh, those kind of games a little bit too far um, and those kind of scenarios a little bit too far uh, recently this week before Thanksgiving um, 
spectators at Matt Nagy's son's football game. His son was playing in this game, and people were chanting, fire Nagy, fire Matt Nagy, um, which is just something that's totally uncalled for, um, especially at you know a, a family football game where you know he's watching his son play, something you just really shouldn't be doing, and it's a really unfortunate um, situation. And uh, yeah, so as as far as far ugh, as much as I agree that Matt Nagy should be fired, um, that's not a great thing to do. Um, you know, cheering f- for a man to be fired at his son's football game. It's just it's really not great because um, you know that's a really that's a really big family issue. Um, especially you know your dad gets fired. You know what do you what does he do? You know what is what do you and your family do? You know, is he going to have to switch schools, all that stuff? There's a lot more stuff that goes into that, especially if he gets another job and, say, they have to move from Chicago to, to, to Los Angeles to New England. You know what I mean? Those are situations and questions that um, people don't really think about when they're doing those kind of things. Uh, moving on, probably the game of the week, I think. Uh, even though we're only three games into this week, I think it's going to be the game of the week. Raiders versus Dallas, and goddamn, this one hurt. Um, the Dallas Cowboys and the... I gotta gotta remember to say this now. Las Vegas Raiders. I always want to say Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders went all the way into overtime on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Raiders came out hot against Dallas, and they uh, scored two touchdowns on three drives. And Dallas had to come back and answer back, and they uh, they missed uh, what was it? I think three field goals in this game. Greg the Legs Irvine was not on, but the Raiders went down and they had a 71 yard touchdown. Um, drive and I think it was 50, 54 of those yards were on a Deshaun Jackson touchdown. Um, Deshaun Jackson, the infamous cowboy killer um, in my house. Uh, we call him the cowboy killer because even ever since he was on the Eagles, um, he has always been, you know, right up, in, right in the Cowboys' face. You know, always, you know, getting long touchdowns here. No matter who Deshaun Jackson plays for, when he plays for the Cowboy or plays against the Cowboys, he always goes does well against them. And it's the most annoying damn thing on the planet. But you know, that's just how things go. Um, going into halftime, the score was 17-13, uh, to 13, and uh, Dallas had just answered back on an 86-yard drive to, um, you know, bring it a little bit closer. And the Raiders went right back down the field and punched Dallas straight in the mouth, uh, making it 24-13. to 13. Um, and then Tony Pollard had the play of probably the week. I'd be very surprised if it if anybody else can do what Tony Pollard did, um, which was Tony Pollard had a 100-yard uh, kick return touchdown to bring the game right back into to play for the Cowboys, um, you know, making it 20 or sorry, yeah, 19 to 24. And then the Raiders went right down the field. It, it seemed like the, the Cowboys defense couldn't stop the Raiders at all. Um, the Raiders always had an answer um, for whatever the Cowboys did. The Cowboys went down and got a field goal. The Raiders went down and got a touchdown. The uh, Raiders got a the Cowboys got a touchdown. The Raiders got a field goal. They just couldn't stop them. And um, this, I think the Raiders were playing with a lot more passion in this game than the Cowboys were, um, considering that this was kind of like a do-or-die game for the Raiders. If they didn't win this one, you could probably kiss your playoff chances goodbye because you have the Chiefs and the Chargers still at the top of the division. And um, I think the Raiders just had a little bit more passion in this one. You definitely saw it in overtime um, as the Cowboys couldn't do anything. Um, in overtime, and they had to punt the ball away for the Raiders, and then um, Derek Carr was able to lead the Raiders 29 yards down the field to get into field goal range, and they were able to score um, and get the field goal to win the game 36-33. to um, Derek Carr's overall stats for the game, he threw 39 times and had 24 completions for 373 yards and one touchdown. 
Uh, Josh Jacobs also had himself a touchdown, as did Marcus Mariota. Of all people, the former t- uh, Tennessee Titans quarterback, Marcus Mariota, has a touchdown on Thanksgiving Day. Um, that really shows that anything can happen <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Even guys like uh, Marcus Mariota show up. Um, the Raiders, however, did lose Darren Waller, sorry, not Darren, Darren Waller uh, to a knee injury and Max Crosby to a knee injury as well. Um, both very important pieces to the Raiders' success. Um, Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the NFL when he's healthy, and Max Crosby has had a very quiet um, defensive player of the year season uh, for the Raiders this year. He's just been absolutely phenomenal off the edge on, def- on the defensive line. Um, however, on the Cowboys side of the ball, Dak Prescott was lights out in the second half, but he was very slow in the first half. And I think that played a huge part into Dallas losing the game is Dak Prescott was quiet. And for the Cowboys, they don't have enough to complement Dak Prescott being quiet for a little bit. Um, they were out CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper again in this game, just like I talked about earlier in this podcast um, against the Chiefs, how they lost CeeDee Lamb halfway through and they didn't have Amari Cooper at all. That was the same case for this game. Um, but either way, um, receivers like Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup stepped up. Uh, both of them had 100-yard days. Um, Michael Gallup had 106 receiving yards on five receptions, and Cedric Wilson had 104 receiving yards on seven receptions. Cedric Wilson had a 56-yard reception towards the end of the game to put the Cowboys in um, scoring range, as did Michael Gallup. He had a 41-yard reception um, in the game as well. Um, and for the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott um, has had a, a knee slash like hamstring issue going on, um, and he's been limited lately, and Tony Pollard was given majority of the touches, even though Ezekiel Elliott did have a touchdown in this game. Um, it was very concerning for Cowboys, so they decided to give it to Tony Pollard more than Ezekiel Elliott. Um Dalton Schultz and Sean McCoon, if you have ever heard of him, <laughs> um, they both had touchdowns from Dak Prescott, um, and Prescott threw 47 times for 32 completions, 375 yards, and two touchdowns. The Cowboys uh, unfortunately didn't win. I say unfortunately because I'm a Cowboy fan, um, but I've always loved Derek Carr. I've loved the way he plays football, and um, I was kind of happy to see Derek Carr kind of be revived a little bit and kind of pulled right back into the mix because I think he probably, if the Raiders don't do something this season, if they don't make the wild card or if they don't finish with double-digit wins, um, I think Derek Carr is going to be out of there um, just for the sake of, you know, having to shake something up. Um, even though I think the Raiders would be crazy to get rid of him. I just think that's going to be the case, um, seems to be, especially with guys like Derek Carr's position, where you're a good quarterback and you know you you don't disappoint a lot of the time, but if the team is losing constantly, you have to shake something up. Just like Matt Stafford in the Lions this past year. You know, Matt Stafford's always been a good quarterback. He's had multiple 5,000-yard seasons and multiple 20-plus uh, touchdown seasons, um, multiple comebacks with the Lions, but... You know, the, the past uh, in the off season, they had decided to trade him to the Rams. Um, that's just how things go sometimes. Um, but I think Derek Carr might live to see another year in uh, Las Vegas if they can just pull off maybe four more wins. Um, but we'll see moving forward. Uh, moving on to Buffalo versus New Orleans. Um, in the last game of Thanksgiving, Buffalo choked the life out of the Saints, I would say, um, especially in the second half. Um, Josh Allen had four touchdowns and 260 yards in this game. However, he did have two interceptions. And I heard earlier today that um, 
Josh Allen was pressured on two of the or one of those interceptions, and I watched the game back today, and I was like, he was not pressured at all. Um, Josh Allen just had very bad decision making on on those two interceptions, and that's just that's just the case. There's no walking around it. Um, however, Stefan Diggs had a fantastic day. He had 74 yards receiving on seven receptions and on uh, nine targets, and he had one touchdown. Um, and he absolutely cooked uh, Marshawn Lattimore. If you have seen any highlights from this game, um, Stefan Diggs, I think it was the five-yard line the uh, the Bills were on, and Stefan Diggs started out. He had like a little stutter step, then kind of went out to the left a little bit, just kind of leading Marshawn Lattimore out, and then planted his foot, cut back inside right, um, had Marshawn Lattimore going inside, then cut and did like a Z route where you go in, then turn back around and come back out. Um, towards the sideline he cut planted his foot again planted it twice within three steps had Marshawn Lattimore completely lost um, and Marshawn Lattimore is one of the top cornerbacks in the entire NFL um, so it was really impressive by Stefan Diggs and uh, gave Josh Allen just enough time to really just throw it right over Marshawn Lattimore's head and Stefan Diggs had his touchdown for the game and it was just a beautiful route um, I highly recommend you go watch that highlight it was fantastic um, and it just really showed the route running ability of Stefan Diggs and how well he can um, really take over a game when he wants to. Um, on the Saints side of the ball, um, the offense definitely struggled. Uh, Trevor Simeon had one touchdown and one interception, but he had less than 200 yards passing. Um, he just he he didn't he didn't show his potential at all, and I think it's it's really starting to show that the Saints might be in trouble. With little to no offensive production, um, I really don't see what the Saints are going to be able to do. They had one touchdown in this game um, where they weren't able to get the points after. And uh, with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram both out right now, I really don't. you don't have any running game to uh, compliment Trevor Simeon, and the Saints moving forward just aren't looking great. All right, hopping into the remainder of this week on Sunday and Monday night. Um, I'm going to be picking my games for this week, and I'm going to be starting with the Buccaneers and the Colts. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. Um, I think the Bucks right their ship uh, even more. I think the win over the Giants was a good kickstart that they needed after a two-game losing streak, and um, I think they're going to go to the Colts, and I think they're going to take over, and I think they're going to have no, like the Colts defense is going to have no answer for Tom Brady and Gronkowski. I think Gronkowski is going to assert himself over um, the Colts defense. I just have a feeling this week. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor will have his production. I God, I hope he does for my fantasy team. I'm really trying to run the table to win, to uh, finish up my season so I can uh, I can find myself in the playoffs because I'm not in it right now, and I'm really hoping I am by the end of next week. Um but I feel like Gronkowski is going to have a good game. I, I don't know what it is. It's one of those unexplainable things where, you know, you know I'm, list, I'm just sitting here and I'm looking and I'm like, you know, this, this feels like a Gronkowski type of game, you know. You're going you're gonna to look in the stat sheets and you're going to see on, uh, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, you're going to be like, oh, Rob Gronkowski, two, two receiving touchdowns. You're going to be like, holy shit, we forgot about this guy because um, he's been hurt the, the whole season. Um, so I think Gronkowski has a big game. Um, and I think Jonathan Taylor and the Colts offense isn't going to be enough to compete. Um, I see this game ending like 31-17 era, but uh, we'll see moving forward. Next up is the Texans and the Jets. The Texans and the Jets, this is a shitty game. If you get this game on your TV, I'm sorry. Um, and I really hope that, you know, you have a good rest of your day. I hope you just kind of see this game on your TV. And if you really want to watch it, 
go ahead, but bring some some tissues because you're probably going to be crying about how bad this is. Um, the Texans have a, had a great win last week against the the Titans, and it was really impressive. Um, I don't know. I really I don't know who to pick in this one. I'm going to run with the Texans just because they pulled off the win against the Titans recently, but so did the Jets. But the last time the Jets beat the the Titans, they had Zach Wilson, and I don't know how much of a um, improvement Joe Flacco is over Zach Wilson. Um, and they're not playing Mike White anymore. This is just a horrible game to choose, um, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I'm going Texans, um, and I'm gonna take Texans uh, 17 to 10. Uh, Eagles and the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles in this one. This is the first meeting of these two teams this year. Um, and the Eagles running game has been absolutely phenomenal this year so far. Um, I love how the Eagles have been able to utilize, um, Jalen Hurts in the way that he should be utilized, and that's running the ball. He he is a Lamar Jackson-esque runner with decent passing ability. Um, I said it last year, Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal athlete, and um, when you let him do his thing, he just can take the ball, just say, I, I wish that there was like a play in the playbook where you're just like, here, Jalen, take the ball and do what you wish. <laughs> um, their running ability has been absolutely phenomenal the past couple weeks, and they've really pulled off a couple wins here, um, and they're right in the wild card race, and I love to see it. Even though I'm a Cowboys fan, I love to see it because I'm a, I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan, and I, I like Devonta Smith, too, has had some really good games the past couple weeks. And, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles in this one. I'm going to take um, 24-7 to over the Giants. Next up, I have the Dolphins and the Panthers. I'm taking the lower in this one. I think the Cam Newton hype is fake. I think Super Cam is gone, and I'm taking the Dolphins over the Panthers. I'm taking Tua and the Dolphins. I'm taking them and them hard, hard-nosed Dolphins, and I think they're going to shut down Cam. I think that defense is going to hit Cam Newton hard, just like they did against uh, Lamar Jackson. I think they're just going to bring the aggression, and I think this Dolphins team is going to absolutely roll the Panthers. I think this is going to be a blowout win for the Dolphins. Like This is my big pick of the week. I'm probably going to be wrong, um, but I'm going with it. Um, I'm taking the, the Dolphins over the Panthers. Um, I don't believe in the Cam Newton hype at all, especially with the loss to Washington. Um, I don't think he's going to be back next season I think they're going to release him if they don't then that's a I don't know what the hell they're thinking in Carolina um I think Carolina is struggling a little bit too much all over the place except for defense but they're they're the number one ranked defense in the NFL but I really don't see them as that like I mean they, they allowed Washington to score 27 on them last week it's very irritating football to watch um, but I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. I, I just got something about it. There's something about it. Just like the Lions game, the Lions and the Steelers game that I had a couple weeks ago where I said, you know, the Lions, I'm take, I should take the Lions in this one. I'm taking the Steelers. I'm taking the Dolphins this week. I'm taking them against the Panthers, and I wish I could lock it up, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, Dolphins over Panthers, I'm going to go 31-10. I'm, go, I'm going with a big, with a big spread. Um, next up is the Patriots and the Titans. This is a awesome matchup. I can't wait to watch this one. Um, it's awesome for the fact that I, I want to see the Patriots offense compete against a defense like the Titans, which has slowed down in the past couple weeks, um, especially with the loss to the Texans. But this is a Titans defense that is aggressive. They're big, they're strong, and they're going to punish you if you allow them to. I heard a great comparison this week um, where – when in 2019, when the Patriots lost, um, part of the reason that you know a lot of people felt that they lost is that the Patriots were small, they were undersized, and the Titans were this big, strong, aggressive team, and they just kind of bullied the Patriots in the last playoff game in New England for Tom Brady. Um, and I think Bill Belichick has taken a note out of that and has 
you know, decided to take his team and make them that big, strong team um, to push people around on defense and then offense to let them do their thing. And I think it's working. Um, and with the injuries to Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown being out with a hamstring injury, or sorry, it was an ankle injury this week, um, he was ruled out today by the, ti- by the Titans. Um, I'm taking New England in this game. They're the less hurt team. I have more faith in Mac Jones than I do Ryan Tannehill. And um, I have more faith that Matt Judon will get uh, two sacks in this game than I have on anybody on the Titans defense um, getting any sacks on Mac Jones this week. So Patriots over Titans, uh, 24-17. Next up is the Bengals and the Steelers. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. Um, even though the Steelers you know, had great fight in them against the Chargers last week, uh, the Chargers' defense is nothing crazy. So it wasn't like it was super impressive. And also a couple of those uh, points that the Steelers had scored last week against the Chargers were um, special teams points, things that the offense didn't do. Um, and they had great field position for it. But I think this divisional game against the Bengals, I think we're going to see the new era of the AFC North finally be cemented. Um, obviously, the Bengals had a really hot start to the season, and they're starting to fall off, fall off before then. But I think the, the era of Ben Roethlisberger's, Burgers, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers um, running this division is over, I think. Um, obviously, it's it was over last year with Lamar Jackson, or a couple years ago with Lamar Jackson, but I think the Steelers were still there for division um, title contention. I think the Bengals finally put that last nail in the coffin for the Steelers um, in this game, and I think the Bengals win this one 34-17. Next up is the Falcons and the Jaguars. This one was kind of a tough one for me, um, honestly, because both of these teams are shit. Um, the Falcons can't get anything going on defense, and if you pressure Matt Ryan at all, he's going to fold. Um, and then the offense just can't get anything going. And if Kyle Pitts can't get going, nobody can get going. Russell Gage is a decent wide receiver for the Falcons, but he can't do anything at all um, by himself. He needs a guy like Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts to um, compliment him and you know take the pressure off of him to score. Um, I'm going to take the Jags in this one because I think this is just a, a game that the Jaguars are going to be able to capitalize on. I think the Falcons are still licking their wounds from last Thursday, um, and I think the Jags are going to be able to capitalize pretty pretty hard. I'm going to take the Jags in this one, 17-7. No, no, 21-7. And I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a pick six in that one. I think it's going to be the pick six by uh, Matt Ryan um, in that one. Uh, Chargers over Broncos. I'm going to, I just said, I'm taking the Chargers over the Broncos. Uh, This is a divisional game. You know how I feel about them. Um, you know, you could have the worst team in the NFL beat the best team in the NFL just because they're in the same division. It just happens. I don't know why, but it does. Um, but I think the Chargers are going to keep their little winning streak alive here and beat the Broncos. Um, I think the offense is just far too hot. Um, and I think Justin Herbert has come, become a little bit more comfortable running the ball. Um, the Steelers couldn't stop him running the ball at all last week. Um, and I just don't have the faith in the, uh, Broncos offense to keep up with a, with an offense like the Chargers. So yeah, I'm taking Los Angeles in that one. Um, I'm going to take Los Angeles 27-20. I think the Broncos keep up a little bit, but not enough to, to, to win the game. Next up is the Rams and the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was, he's going to be active. He's had a broken foot situation or broken toe situation this past week. He had a really weird online press conference where he literally took his bare toe or his bare foot and then put it on the camera. It was really weird. Um, But I'm taking 
the Packers in this one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, They even though they lost to the Vikings, they still had a great offensive performance. Um, you know, Rodgers had four touchdowns. It was it was just phenomenal performance. Um, Aaron Jones is still out, um, or he's questionable this week, but I think he's going to be still out because he's ruled out for one to two weeks, um, nursing an MCL sprain. So we'll see how that goes. Um, if you've got A.J. Dillon in your fantasy leagues, I suggest putting him in your flex spot. Um, that's if Aaron Jones isn't active. Um, if Aaron Jones is active, if you have a better player than AJ Brown or AJ Dillon, then I would put him there. I know I'm watching that. I got AJ Dillon um, at my flex spot, but if Aaron Jones is active, I'm putting Devonta Smith in that flex spot. Um, I'm gonna take the Packers in this one just because I feel like the Rams are still getting used to the new look. I think they're getting used to Von Miller being on there. I think they're getting used to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. being on there. Um, and I think this is where the Rams slow down a little bit, and they're going to have their second loss in a row, and you're going to be looking around like, oh, holy shit, what just happened? Um, and, yeah, that's the that's the situation for that game. Uh, I'm going to give the Packers – I'm going to give them 34-31. I'm going to give them the exact same score that they lost to the Vikings to, but in their favor this time. And I think Mason Crosby – has a bounce-back game at kicker. He's had a horrible season so far, but I think he comes up clutch to win the game. Um, next up is the Vikings and the 49ers. As much as I want the 49ers to win this one, because I love Debo Samuel, I think he's a great player. I've enjoyed watching him since his rookie season in San Francisco when he uh, first arrived, and the Niners went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Um, when he had Kendrick Bourne and Emmanuel Sanders there, they were such a good wide receiver core. That 49ers team was so fun to watch. Um, that offense was so good. Um, I think the Vikings are too hot right now. Um, I think they had a really, really good performance against the Packers, and they have had good performances all season long. Kirk Cousins, who I have buried on this podcast, um, has been playing phenomenal this year, and it's gone very under the radar. He's had uh, 21 passing touchdowns and two interceptions all season long. Um, he should have four interceptions because the Packers dropped two interceptions that they should have had, but that's nowhere here nor there. Um, ultimately, they dropped him. Um, and yeah, Kirk Cousins has been playing phenomenal. Justin Jefferson, when he gets the ball in his hands, man, watch out. He is a special, special player. And Adam Thielen is probably the most consistent wide receiver in the game, honestly. I love watching that guy. Um, Dalvin Cook's still healthy, too. The When the offense is healthy, I feel like the Vikings have a chance to beat anybody in the NFL. They're just that good. Um and the Niners, as much as as well as they did in their uh, in their game against the the Rams a couple weeks ago, um, I really don't see them pulling it off this week uh, against the Vikings team. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings uh, 38 to 21 in this game. I think it's a pretty decisive win for for Minnesota. Uh, Sunday night football is the Ravens and the Browns. Um, this one's an interesting one. Um, I think the Ravens are going to win this one because they they have the ability to win whenever they can. They've had multiple comeback wins this year. And then just last week, they had the win with Tyler Huntley, if you know who that is, at quarterback um, beating the Bears, which is more embarrassing for the Bears. But it also shows that the Ravens can win with anybody at quarterback, which is honestly, you know, as much as people like to argue it, it's the most important position in football. If your quarterback isn't doing well, you're not doing well. Um, and I think the, the Browns are having some issues in the locker room with old Baker Mayfield. Um, and I think the Browns are starting to struggle a little bit more than they're letting on. And, um, I think it's going to show in this game against the Ravens. And I think the Ravens have a blowout win against the Browns, um, 47 to 17 or not 47, sorry, 41 to 17. I think it's, I don't think it's even close in this one, even though it's a divisional game and you know how I feel. I'll say it every single time. 
Um, but I, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Monday night football, um, Washington and Seattle. Seattle is in rubble right now. They're absolutely in rubble, which is the worst thing in the world for them to meet a team like Washington, who Washington's not winning a Super Bowl this year, but they are harmonizing. They are holding hands in a circle and singing Kumbaya. They are feeling it right now. They they are loving it. They're feeling it. Terry McLaurin's having a great season. Taylor Heineke's finally playing the football that they need him to play. Like I said, they're not a playoff team this year, but they are doing fantastic. They lost Chase Young, and it doesn't matter <laughs> because they're pulling out wins and they're figuring out how to win, and Seattle is not. Uh, Russell Wilson has struggled since coming back. A lot of people are saying that you know this is going to be the get-right game for Russell Wilson, and I just do not see it. I think this is going to be his worst season of his career. Um, statistically, if you put it all together, because obviously he missed, I think it was four games, five games with um, – with a with a finger injury, um, and I think you're going to see him struggle more. And I think um, Seattle is either going to let Russell Wilson go and trade him and kind of restart, um, or they're going to fire Pete Carroll and then be in even more rubble, um, trying to salvage a aging Russell Wilson and a young DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with a new co- coach. And it's just going to be a, it's going to be an absolute shit show. The future is not looking good in Seattle. The running game in Seattle is dog shit without Chris Carson. Um, and yeah, I, if I'm, if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm worried. Um, and I'm going to take Washington in this game, 24 to 21. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think Washington's pulling it out. All right, moving on to the power ranking segments. Our last segment of the day. Um, let's start at 32 again. My wife gave me that great idea to start at 32 because it gives that little, that little, you know, uh, that little mystery about who's going to be number one, you know? Um, and you also see how far your team goes because they suck just like my team does. But <laughs> um, starting at number 32, we're sticking with the Lions. Um, until they win, I'm not moving the Lions a single spot. I'm sorry. I don't care how much. I don't care how close the games are that they win. I don't care you know, how, how well they're playing and then they lose at the last second. If you can't figure out a way to lose or a way to win, they know how to lose. If you can't figure out a way to win, you are the worst team in football. And that's just how it is. That's just, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. Um, 31, I have the Texans. 30, I have the Jets. And 29, I have the Jaguars. Um, these teams aren't really moving a whole lot. These bottom five, six teams aren't moving a ton for me. Um, but yeah, the, the, these three teams are. I see, I see them all as the same mediocre offenses um, with either young to or just shitty quarterbacks um, who should retire soon. <clears throat> Joe Flacco. Um, sorry, weird cough there. Um, no, I love Joe Flacco when he was on the Ravens, but it's time to go. Um, and I just don't really see any of these teams really climbing up the ladder anytime soon. Um, next up, I got the Falcons at twenty-eight, Seahawks at twenty-seven. Uh, 26, I have the Finns or the Dolphins. And then 25, I have the Giants. Um, once again, 25 to 32 are, are teams that I think are all on the same field, same like playing field. Um, I'd love to see a game between the Giants and the Dolphins. I think that'd be a ph- phenomenal uh, matchup because I think they're very well matched up. But yeah, all these teams are just, they're just the worst of the worst in the NFL. And it just seems like these teams are sticking around there. Seattle's new to this uh, area this year, but it always seems like these bottom four te- or these bottom like seven teams are always the same. Um, next up 24, I have the Panthers number 23. I have the bears and 22. I have Washington, Washington steps up. Um, like I said, they've been playing great football lately. Taylor Heineke's doing phenomenal. The offense is clicking and I love it for Washington, even though they're a divisional rival for me. I love it. 
21, I have the Saints. 20, I have the Broncos. 19, I have the Steelers. And 18, the Eagles. And 17, the Browns. The Browns have gone from my number six overall team in power rankings to 17. If that doesn't tell you about how shit of a season they're having and how bad of a decline they're having from week one, I don't know what what, what will. Um, eight or 16, I have the Raiders, which I think, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to switch the Raiders in my list, and I'm going to switch them with my number 15 pick, the 49ers. So what it'll be, and I'm going to change it right here, right now. I got the 49ers at 16 and the Raiders at 15. I think the Raiders are trending up. Um, I think the Deshaun Jackson signing was a better one than most people thought. Um, I think he's a more experienced Henry Ruggs without the criminal charges. Um, God rest her soul. Um, but I think uh, Deshaun Jackson is a good a um, a good add-on because the best football for Derek Carr. If you ever watched the Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper days in the Raiders, you loved watching the 2016 Raiders. Okay, the Raiders in 2016 were one of the best teams in football, one of the funnest teams in football to watch because it seemed like every week Derek Carr and it looking like the uh, Sid from Toy Story. I think that's the kid's name. Um, I can't remember. Uh, he would just heave the ball down the field to Amari Cooper or Michael Crabtree every single game. And it was always in the Coliseum. God rest that beautiful stadium. Um, and I just love this Raiders team, and I love Derek Carr. And I love when they give Derek Carr the weapons to throw it downfield. That's when he's playing his best football is when you are giving him deep threats because Derek Carr has a great deep ball. He has a very accurate deep ball. He always has, and it's been a very underutilized asset in his game and it's just it's criminal it's criminal what teams won't use their uh, Derek Carr's deep ball ability and uh, Deshaun Jackson just so happens to be one of the most or the one of the best deep ball threats ever in the NFL so it was a great signing I thought by the Raiders and I wasn't gonna chirp my you know chirp up a tree about it or yell up a tree bark up a tree whatever the hell the saying is up until something happened and it just so happened to be against my team that it had to happen um, Derek Carr and Deshaun Jackson, I think are going to be an elite duo. And if the next season they can get some other deep threat, if they can get like, I, if they can just get somebody to run down the field and catch the ball, you know what I mean? You like just send them down the field. What well, the playbook should be for the Raiders is two slants to pull, uh, DBs away from one side and then have just a long post route with Deshaun Jackson or whoever the hell it's going to be, and then just let Derek Carr heave it to you because he he is a phenomenal quarterback down the field. That's my Derek Carr rant for today. See you next week. <laughs> um, number 14, I have the Vikings, which I think I'm also going to move the Vikings up. I uh, I edited this before the podcast, but looking back at it now, I think that uh, I think the Vikings are not a number 14 team. I think they are number 13. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move the Vikings up to – Number fourteen or number thirteen. So fourteen is the Bengals. Um, thirteen is the Vikings. Twelve, I have the Bills. The Bills dropped tremendously. Um, even with this win over the Saints, I don't see the Bills um, as you know, like they 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 beat up on a bad team. But that's what they've done all season. They beat up on bad teams all season. So I'm not impressed by the Bills lately. And they used to be my number one pick, and they've dropped all the way down to twelve because this is a power rankings. This isn't an overall rankings. This is the power rankings. This is how well your team's been doing as of late. And that's why the Cowboys are at number 11 when they were at number six two weeks ago because they've been playing like dog shit. They've lost three of their last four, and they have one win in November, okay? 
It's just, it's not good for the Cowboys right now. The Cowboys are doing absolutely awful. Um, all right, okay, so absolutely awful is a little bit much. I'm a little, I'm a little going right now, okay? But the the Cowboys have not been playing great football on defense lately. They've let up a ton of points this um, this November. They've let up two 30-point games um, to, the Bron- to the Broncos and the Raiders, and they let up 19 to the Chiefs, which is, you know, honestly a feat in itself. You should be celebrating 19 to the Chiefs, but they didn't win that game. And you need to win those games. When you have the number one offense in the NFL, or I should say the number two offense now, um, you need to, and you hold a team like the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. You have Travis Kelsey, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, Tyreek Hill, who's a phenomenal uh, wide receiver. You know, and you hold that team to 19 points. You need to win that game. Um, I'm still hung up on the Chiefs game. Uh, Cowboys drop to number 11. Uh, number 10, I have the Ravens. The only reason the Ravens are this low at number 10 is because I have a couple teams who I think are building their momentum a little bit more. Remember, this is kind of like a momentum's ranking, but power ranking has a cooler name to it. Um, and that's why the Ravens are at number 10, because they had the win against the Bears, which I think is phenomenal for them. But at number 9, teams like the Colts, number 8, Packers, and the number 7, Patriots, I think those teams have more momentum moving forward. And that's why we're talking about the Patriots, because this Patriots team, like I said earlier, they five of their seven wins are against losing teams, but when they beat those teams, they, you know it's pretty decisively. But when they play good teams, when they play playoff teams like the Browns and the Chargers, they are winning those games, and you have no doubt about it. Um, that's why I like the Patriots moving forward, and that's why they're up to number seven when they were down to number sixteen last week. Um, and I and even when I don't put out a podcast episode, if I have something going on, I still update my power rankings. So I know that's kind of dumb because I don't share it with you guys, but I do that. Just letting you know that right now. So, number six, I have the Chiefs, which I, I, God, I could put them higher, but I'm not going to. Um, Number five, I have the Cardinals. I put the Cardinals at five because, um, you know, they had the Colt McCoy game um, where they were able to pull off the win, and they were able to pull off the win in Seattle, which is is fantastic. Um, But this whole three-game Colt McCoy stretch, um, which I hope is the last time we see Colt McCoy ever, um, it's it's been a phenomenal showing of defense being able to hold on while the offense is in repair, and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are on their way back. Um, it's, It's a great showing. And I, and I love it. I love it from the defense. Um, and it's the offense, you know, reviving guys like Zach Ertz and everybody who have just been able to, you know, do as much as they can with what, as little as they do. Um, with Chase Edmonds having some issues and James Conner having to step up, um, the Cardinals have a well-deserved bye week, and I think they're going to come back even stronger in week 13. Uh, number four, I have the Chargers. Number three, I have the Rams. Number two, I have the Bucks. And number one spot this week is the Tennessee Titans. I know, I know, I know. Coming off a loss to the Houston Texans, you know, why, Dakota, why are you putting the Titans at number one? Because the Titans are undefeated against playoff teams, okay? You're going to have your bad wins, or you're going to have your bad losses throughout the season, okay? You're going to have losses to the Jets and the Texans, and, the, and, you know, one loss against a really good team in the Cardinals. But that's it. The only team that has been of cal- caliber that's, like, actually good... And we can't just, you know, take the tit- the Texans and the Jets game and be like, oh, the Titans are shit. You know, we can't do that because they've been beating playoff teams. They beat the hell out of the Rams, and the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm sorry to say it, okay? They're the- one of the best in the NFL, and they beat the hell out of them, you know? You got you to be practical with this, okay? I am not a T- Ryan Tannehill fan. I do not believe that he's going to lead this team to anywhere special, but they are— 
the number one team moving into foot in, uh, in football moving into this week. That's just that's in my eyes they are, they are they they've been finding a way to win without Derrick Henry, even though it's only been a couple weeks. They found a way to win and they had one slip up against the against the the Texans. Okay, whatever. Yeah, they had another slip up against the Jets, but whatever. Who cares? It's Mike Vrabel we're talking about. Okay. And I, I didn't pick the, tech, the Titans to win this week either against the Patriots, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because moving forward, momentum-wise, this team is on top of the pedestal momentum-wise, okay? The only other team that I think could really um, challenge them for momentum is the Patriots, and we're going to find out this week if the Patriots are any good because they beat teams like the, the Chargers and the Browns who are playoff contenders, sure, but, you know, they've had their ups and downs, so... I'm riding the Titans for, for power rankings, but I'm riding the Patriots to beat the Titans this week. That's a little fucked up. I'm not going to lie. I probably shouldn't put them there. But I'm still sticking with the Titans because I do like the style of football that they play. Um, and, yeah, they've slipped up a couple times, but they play hard-nosed football. Um, and at the end of the day, they find a way to win. And that's that's all that matters is if you win, you win. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Boom Team Podcast. I know this one is a little animated. Um, I kind of wanted to put it that way because I, I enjoyed doing that. That's that's my favorite part is animating these episodes to be kind of to be more fun, more vibrant, to really grab your attention. Um, but once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Dakota.Nutter and also follow the Boom Team Podcast Instagram. It's just Boom Team Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Um, follow us on TikTok. It's Boom Team Pod- Podcast, all lowercase, all one word again. You'll see the purple logo, and you'll see us, and just uh, click follow. We post TikToks every now and then. I'm still getting used to it. Um, TikTok's a hard app, man. Like TikTok, like I, I was trying to film a video, and I was trying to like get the 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 subtitles to like come up on the screen as I was pointing to them, and and I I, I suck at this. I feel like I'm five thousand years old. I'm like, holy shit, I'm old. Cause I can't figure out this, this app. Um, and I spent like 30 minutes making one TikTok because I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do it, but I got it done. Um, so please go follow the TikTok, go follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter at Dakota Nutter as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to have some guests coming on in the coming weeks. I promise. Um, still working on a website. I'm a one man show building a website, so it's kind of hard, but, um, I'm hoping for some merchandise to come out soon. Um, and, you know, be able to give you guys that as well. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.